We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. We're coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios when you need cash out of your home and a simple way to get it, Rocket can. Welcome to Maggie and Perloff. The trade deadline has passed. Everyone, put down your pencils. It is over and a couple trades sliding in right before the end of the deadline. Uh, just quickly, Bills make a trade for Naeem Hines. But really, Perloff, I would say the headliner today, without a doubt, is Bradley Chubb mm. getting traded from the Denver Broncos to the Miami Dolphins for a first-round pick in 2023. Chase Edmonds, the running back, goes back to Denver this is just, that's, that's I think, the headliner today. Chase Claypool got traded from the Steelers to the Bears. We mentioned TJ Hawkinson, who got traded from the Vikings in the division to the Lions. That was for a 2023 second-round pick and a 2024 third-round pick. I should mention Claypool went for a second-round pick. Um, those are just some of the big headliners. William Jackson goes to the Steelers from the Commanders. We know that he was obviously looking for a trade. It has been a very, very busy day. Yeah. So I think the Rams trading all their draft picks to win a Super Bowl has maybe had an impact. Because <laughs> uh, especially you look at a team like the Dolphins with Bradley Chubb, that says we're not waiting. We think we can compete right now. I don't know if I agree with that necessarily, but they couldn't rush the pass at all. They're one of the worst pass rushing teams. This is a big investment. You're giving around a first-round pick. Presumably, you're going to sign him to a, He wants a gigantic deal is yeah. what they're saying. So it, it's crazy to me, this trend. And by the way, uh, sort of a side note on that. Did you see the report Albert Breer confirmed it was the Rams who offered two first-round picks for Brian Burns, a defensive end on the Panthers? There's just incredible value in the NFL right now on a guy who can get out after the quarterback. You see Von Miller's impact in Buffalo. So this is – I wonder, you know, you've been high on the Dolphins. Yep. They've been awesome – but do you think this is a move that makes them actually competitive with the Bills and the Chiefs? Because I think that's yeah. what they're trying to signal here. Yeah, definitely. I mean, they already beat the Bills once this year. So well, down in Miami. Yeah, it was like 1,000 degrees. Yeah, that's but... not going to happen. And <laughs> They're not getting home field over the Bills. Well, I mean, okay. So uh, not only that, Miami also made another deal. They added uh, Jeff Wilson yeah. from the 49ers because Chase Edmonds leaves in the uh, Chubb deal. He goes to Denver. So they bring back uh, Jeff Wilson for another running back. Um, obviously the 49ers have Christian McCaffrey who they traded for last week. So they, they're pretty set there. The one thing I would be worried about with Miami. Yes. I do think it, it, it elevates them immediately, mm -hmm. immediately, um, pushing into the middle of the table like this for Miami, I think is a great move for them. And the one thing I'd be worried about with the long-term deal is Bradley Chubb's injury history. 
So of the one, two, three, four, this is his fifth season. He's played every game this year, but last year only seven games. 2020 played 14 games. 2019 he played four games. His rookie season he played uh, all 16. Two out of the four four full seasons have been, he's missed over half the games with injury. So that's not nothing before I hand somebody a massive contract. Well, looks like they're going to do it. Steve Ross is yep. 80, 82, Maggie. You're not, you don't have time to wait around Well, here. and quite frankly, like, I had a pretty rough offseason. If yeah. you go from thinking you might get Tom Brady and Sean Payton together well, right. to instead you are, a, a lawsuit is being filed because uh, by your former head coach, and also you get draft picks taken away for tampering. I mean, well, Steven yes, Ross, but you, did, you also tough. got Tyree Kill. Yeah, no, I know there's and been highs too, and two is five and zero oh in, in yeah. games he plays in completely. And the draft picks, I think they're feeling good right now in Miami. Obviously, they would mm-hmm. not make this is a yeah. deal strike. I I actually think the Broncos, and I know I said this yesterday, and you looked at me like I had two heads. Yeah, I don't think the Broncos are done. Done. I think it's going to be hard for them. So obviously, Bradley Chubb was a big part, but they have they have a lot of pass rushers. Randy Gregory is going to come back at some point. Uh, this guy, Baron Browning, is probably their best player, even better than Chubb. He's hurt again. He has a hip injury. Yeah. But they have defense. They have a really good defense. They just need – they're all about Russell Wilson. They need Russell Wilson to do something. So I don't think this was a, hey, we're giving up the whole season. I think they want to avoid embarrassment with Nathaniel Hackett. They don't have a draft pick to tank for. Yeah. So they, they are a seller, but this doesn't seem to me like a hard sell because Judy is still there. Jerry Judy, the receiver, did not go. There was a report that the Giants were interested. I thought that would have made a lot of sense. But to me, this doesn't say, hey, we're giving up on Russell Wilson in the year. No, and they're three and five. So yeah. this isn't, you know, three and five is in the mix. Three You're and five is mix. like, hey, we're, it's a long shot for us to make the playoffs. But well, we're you look, still in there. No offense, Stu, but like, you know, the Raiders, ugh, you know. Maybe yeah, you're and the Chargers like, ah, aren't playing uh, great. Chargers aren't playing well. Justin the, Herbert's definitely hurt. Bengals sure looked vulnerable last night. Bengals so. just turned in an absolute stink yeah. bomb last night. I mean, that was gross. Yeah, we should have saw that coming, by the way. Well, no, I was the one who said Jamar Chase being hurt is actually going to impact uh, them. You're like, no, it's not. They're going to go 3-1 well, and one on this. I still think, <laughs> by the way, okay, I, I claim 3-1, and one, and I actually was thinking about that. They have some easy games coming up. They could definitely do it, Maggie. They could do 3-1. and one. Yeah, they can't beat the Browns. They can never beat the Browns, and they, apparently. And they don't run the ball, which I don't understand either. Well, when yeah. they were down by so much, then you can't run the ball. But, like, to be – I think they had 10 rushes in the game. Is that right? I think they had 10 rushes, and I'm pretty sure like eight of them came in the first half. Again, I know you're down by a lot, but at some point, like you've got to try to stay on schedule, as they call it. Probably. So their next game is Carolina. They have to win that game in Cincinnati. That's a win, right? I don't know. I, Come I, on. I, I, PJ Walker, look, that, that one throw. PJ, <laughs> PJ Walker can, can throw a long football. Dude. Then they have a bye week. Then at Pittsburgh, Come on, if they can't beat the Steelers right now. Listen, that's a divisional game. They can go either way. No, then I at Tennessee, Steelers. that's a tough one. You're right. So three and one was over aggressive. I counted this as a win because the Browns have been looking terrible up to this. But I don't see, know. The what Steelers, they trade away Chase Claypool. Yes, for a second round pick, he goes to the Bears. But they did trade for William Jackson, so they have another yeah. corner. So good luck yeah. with that, Joe Burrow. Oh, okay. William Jackson, yeah. I'd be really nervous. Right. Joe Burrow, he should have won last night, too. I don't know how they let the Browns just destroy them. Joe Burrow can't beat the Browns. Yes. And, can't win a night. And Joe Burrow might have a little Andy Daltonitis, yeah. which is can't win in primetime. Yeah. I, I'd take both of them on a Sunday right now. They're on fire.
Uh, let's go to the phones. 855-212-4CBS. 855-212-4227. Mark is in Miami. He's got to be a happy Dolphins fan right now. Mark? Yeah, what's up, guys? Yeah, the Dolphins learning from the heat how to wheel and deal. I love this move up. <laughs> and and that uh, Trey Lance trade working out perfectly for the Finns. They've really turned that, uh, that package there to Tyreek Hill and now Chubb. So the Dolphins management, I just love how aggressive they are. Credit to them, even with all the turmoil that went on with the offseason, yep. with the ownership there, and and, and being sued currently, uh, they've really just hit home runs. And I just, they're all in on Tua. He, I think mean, he's proven that guy. Hopefully, God forbid anything happens to him. You see how this offense is a machine, and now you, you pair up Chubb here with Phillips and Ogba. And then on top of that, they add, I like Jeff Wilson. Now, he's, a, he's, a, he's an excellent back. You add him to the, to the war chest there to go with Mostert, who we played with with the 49ers. I mean, these Dolphins right now, like I said, Buffalo is the only team that scares me. Now, I, I, don't even, I don't even think the Chiefs really scare me. I think they're real good. But like I said, they're flawed, and they're going to find out here when they play elite teams in the playoffs. Uh, nobody, uh, Mal- Marquez, Valdez-Scantling, and Juju don't scare anybody. Teams will bracket uh, Travis Kelsey and dare those guys to beat them, which I don't think they could. So, Credit to you, Maggie. Your team is the one team that scares me. Having to play in Buffalo in those conditions and that atmosphere is the one thing I think that only can trip them up. But right now, when I look at it, barring major injuries, which we have to say for every team, yeah. I don't think that there's a team that really can beat the Dolphins. I think they can be. They can go up to the Chiefs. You know Kansas what? City, they can knock them off. So, Mark, I'm really pumped on. We've had we've had this ongoing discussion, Perloff and I. Um, and just so you know, the Bills next play Miami Sunday, December 18th, the time TBD, but uh, hoping for a lot of snow in that game. Anyway, um, Perloff and I have had this ongoing conversation, the whole show really, about who's the third best team in the AFC. Yeah. You know, obviously the Bengals, they lay an egg last night. Hard to say it's going to be the Bengals. The Ravens made the big trade for Roquan Smith yesterday, but they do a Bateman out for a couple weeks now, the wide receiver. Not really sure which way the Ravens are trending. We think up for sure, but how? what's their ceiling? And I think Mark has a case here that Miami, beyond the, and Mark, thank you for the call, beyond the Chiefs and beyond yeah. the Bills, Miami could be the third team in the AFC. I mean, absolutely. What contender would not be able uh, to fall behind 27 to 14 or whatever to the Lions? They fell to, the, to the Lions. They just beat the Lions 31-27. What is what, what's Mark all, talking about On here? the road. Oh, oh. On the road. They're one in six, the Lions. Everyone's beating up the Lions. We do I think not it showed know. a lot of moxie. They came back from being down in two separate instances. In that okay. Game. They showed a lot of moxie. That's the NFL equivalent of he, <laughs> he or she has a nice personality. <laughs> yeah. They showed a lot of moxie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You've never said, oh, man, that team's unbeatable. They show a lot of moxie. Moxie means they're lame. <laughs> Sorry, Hold on, we're the moxie mox- squad. Yeah, so you're calling us the lame squad? Yeah, What's no, no, on? moxie squad. And you think that's a compliment, Samter? And I've been trying to tell you it's you not. You just called us the lame squad. Wow. Generally, so it's actually reserved for draft time. So I was, I was moving it up from March and <laughs> April to November. I just, I just think, look, I mean, the, the Dolphins, by the way, their wins are Detroit, 16-10 over Pittsburgh with Tua. Uh, earlier in the year, they were down by 100 to the Ravens and came back, and they beat Buffalo in, it was the surface of the sun that day, man. Yeah, I know. Like, Both teams were playing in the conditions, and Miami handled the conditions better. I am just better. saying, uh, right, but that's not what's going to happen in the playoffs. It's not going to be those conditions. That was a fluke win. Just like the Patriots win in the win last year was a fluke win. That doesn't mean anything to me moving forward. I do not see it yet. I'm sorry. Yes, they're really good. But contender? trade. So who's, for... the, so who's the third best team in the AFC? It's an unanswerable question. Ravens. 
I mean, it could be the Ravens. Again, they made the trade for Roquan Smith. That's awesome. They got a great linebacker. But you don't even believe that they're a good playoff team. No. <laughs> I do think, by the way, the Dolphins are fourth. <laughs> and they are scary. <laughs> yeah. But and, oh, that being said, I love it. I mean, Terry Kill is unstoppable right now. And they are super fun to watch. And Waddle is excellent. Waddle's awesome. Yeah. No, they're really fun. I don't know what impact Chubb has because the defense cannot get after the quarterback. But I'm just saying this story has not been written about the Dolphins. I will agree with you there. Yeah. But they definitely have to be feeling excited. They got better. How about Bill is in Green Bay? Oh, Bill, where are the Packers today? Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm kind of wondering if Booty and the rest of them are going to trick off one of Rodgers' last last years. Or we got a lot of good players on this team, and it almost feels like it's a waste, wasted season if they don't make some moves today. Well, it's over. I mean, think? Bill, I, mean, I think it's over. Like, it's the deadline is passed. Now, there could be some trades that trickle in afterwards and appreciate the call, but I think this is it. Packers didn't do jack. Yeah. And that's got to be super disappointing. I would say for number one, first and foremost, Aaron Rodgers has got to be disappointed. Well, I mean, this is typical Packers. They do not trade draft picks. There was a report, uh, I think I think it was Josina who had it, uh, that they were in on Claypool and they got outbid by the Bears. That when, I, I think I said it earlier in the week, they should trade for Chase Claypool. Somebody big who has a wide catch radius at Aaron Rodgers can get to. We don't even know if that's true. They just don't trade for wide receivers. That's not, they don't trade for anybody at the trade deadline. So they didn't do it. I'm very disappointed uh, because I, disappointed. I've been one of those Rodgers is going to turn around guys. Now I don't see how. Well, I was wondering if one wide receiver was really going to like crack this whole thing open. Are the problems that the Packers have on offense, is that more than just one Chase Claypool away? But I mean, I'd love to find out. Like, let's take the chance, take the risk because you got, Aaron Rodgers for what, this year and maybe next year? Maybe that's it? Yeah, exactly. What are you waiting for? What do you need those picks in a couple years for? You just lost three in a row? Yeah, and also they have so many picks on defense. They have so many first-rounders and second-rounders, and what does it amount to? Their defense isn't even scaring people. I'm sorry, they lost four in a row. I forgot. Both New York teams, then Washington, then Buffalo. I'm sorry. Yeah. This, This was super disappointing. Um, and not surprising based on all the Packers reporters I follow say this is just not how they under, they do it. So, by the way, here was Justina Anderson's tweet. My understanding is after an offer was made this morning on Chase Claypool from the Packers, it wasn't good enough. The Bears figured another team was involved. and they had. To, I'm sorry, the Bears figured that another team was involved and had to up the ante, and they did. And there's a lot of speculation that was the Packers. Now, we don't even know if that's true. No, but, but it's smart of the Steelers to try to play two division rivals against yeah. each other. And now the Bears... I mean, we could get into this later in the show. This is really interesting. Are the Bears in on this year? Uh, is this an endorsement of quarterback Justin Fields? I think so. Uh, Chase Claypool is going to be a good receiver. He's twenty-four. Yeah, they have you know they have the other young guys they got to pay. Why not pay him? They're not paying Roquan Smith. Plus, you know he can play in bad weather. You know, yeah. Notre Dame, Pittsburgh, like those are bad weather Canada. places. He's a Canadian. Oh yeah, and he's from Canada. <laughs> Mapletron, <laughs> greatest nickname ever, Mapletron. Uh, Maple Jordan is pretty good. Uh, I think. What you, Mapletron or Maple Jordan? You're right. Maybe Mapletron. I hate to ask. Who's Maple Jordan? Andrew Wiggins. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> the one and only he's like the, Now he's like the 11th best player out of Canada. Oh, I know. That <laughs> yeah. escalated quickly. A lot of good basketball players in Canada. 855-212-4CBS. 855-212-4227. Well, it wouldn't be a NFL trade deadline day if we didn't have a cryptic tweet from one wide receiver. 
We will bring that to you in just a moment. It is Maggie and Perloff, CBS Sports Radio, CBS Sports Network, Sirius XM Channel 158, and the free Odyssey app. Also coming up next, Ian O'Connor, award-winning, best-selling author and columnist, sports columnist for the New York Post, will join us to talk about the Nets. Don't move. More Maggie and Perloff straight ahead. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Welcome back to Maggie and Pearl Off. We got a lot going on today. So we have the NFL trade deadline, which passed at the top of the hour. Plenty of huge, huge moves from Bradley Chubb being traded to Miami to Chase Claypool going from the Steelers to the Bears. TJ Hawkinson goes from the Lions to the Vikings. All of that gets put on hold, though, because of the Brooklyn Nets, who are just an absolute dumpster fire right now. The latest is that they fired their head coach, Steve Nash, and appears they are going to hire currently suspended from the Celtics, former head coach Ime Udoka, a former assistant for the Nets. To try to make sense of all of this, we welcome in Ian O'Connor, who, of course, is a best-selling author. He's also a sports columnist for the New York Post. He's written about Kyrie Irving today and the Nets. Ian, thanks so much for the time. We know it's a busy day. No, thanks, Maggie and, and Andrew. Um, hey, so let's start with the Nash stuff before we get to Kyrie Irving. So Steve Nash fired today, and it looks like Ime Odoka is going to take over. <laughs> I mean, Ian, where where do you even start here? Like, the did A, did Steve Nash deserve, deserve to be fired, in your opinion? And B, how shocked are you that Ime Odoka is now set to take over? <laughs> yeah, I think you mentioned I was going to make sense of this, and I think I will fail. I set you up to fail. Nash's, yeah. If you looked at Nash's record, you would say, well, I don't know if that person deserves to be fired, but but watching it up close and – he, he was not very good at his job. As spectacular as he was at his first job in the NBA, he, he was not a very good head coach. So was he an asset? No. And when you're not an asset, you need to be replaced sooner rather than later. So I actually don't have a problem with Steve Nash being fired because he just wasn't very good. And if the Nets actually want to try to win a championship, I don't think they'll be able to pull that off with this current cast. But then, then I think replacing him with somebody who's already proven to be better than him 
clearly in that first round sweep, it was a, a mismatch at that position of head coach in the first round last year with Boston. Udoka is a guy that got out of their building when he left their building. Everyone inside had a pretty good feel he was going to become a better head coach than Steve Nash pretty quickly, and he did. So how uh, outraged should we be about whatever sin he committed inside the Celtics organization, the improper relationship? I don't know. I don't know the full scope of that story. I would assume that the Nets are smart enough to have really vetted that to the nth degree and found out exactly everything. Are that we sure the Nets there. are smart enough, Ian? Are we yeah. sure? I'm not so yeah, sure the Nets will, get the benefit of the doubt lately. Yeah, they probably don't deserve the benefit of the doubt on anything. So that, that would concern me if I'm a Nets fan that uh, six months from now, how does this hire look based on information that, that may come out? So a pox on their house if they haven't yeah. done their homework and really – did investigating and and talk to people off the record, on the record, whatever, to find out exactly what Udoka did and the full extent of it. But it is the, the Nets. I almost said the New Jersey Nets because it's funny. <laughs> Maggie and Andrew, went, when they left New Jersey, I, I actually thought, and maybe this is because I grew up in New Jersey, that, that the dysfunction and some of that uh, comical uh, material that they often provided the rest of the NBA would end, and it's only gotten worse in Brooklyn. <laughs> Absolutely. I was a little disappointed, Ian, with Steve Nash's uh, press conference yesterday when he was sort of trying to play the middle of the road on the Kyrie Irving social media stuff. Uh, you know, it's funny because I, I associate Nash with Steve Kerr because he uh, was an assistant at Golden State. I felt like that was his training ground to then come and be the Steve Kerr to Brooklyn. And I was thinking how Steve Kerr would have handled this, and he would have taken a strong statement where Steve Nash... I felt like kind of threw his hands up and said, I don't know what to tell you, and then is gone the next day. Is it fair that I was disappointed that Nash never stood up to Kyrie? Not just this incident, but last year as well. No, it was yet another poor performance by him in a, in a press conference setting. That's not the first. Uh, Steve Nash often acts like he doesn't know what's going on inside his own organization. I, I asked him at the end of the press conference, just, just for clarity's sake, did you or anyone else inside the organization ask Kyrie to take that post down? And he said, I don't, well, I didn't. And, and I don't know. I'm not privy to all the conversations that are going on inside the organization. Are you kidding me? You're the head coach. How could you not really know the answer to that question? Now he may have been lying. And I suspect that he has in the past because he said, I don't know to so many things that uh, it's hard to believe he's, he's telling the, the complete truth on it. I, I do think his answer and what you're talking about, no, I think your, your, your read on it is correct. He actually said, and I'm paraphrasing at least a little bit here, that in our ongoing conversations, we want to grow from this. And, and I think he said something to the effect of showing empathy to all sides of the debate. There's no debate here, and there are no sides. There's only one side, and, and that is a, a horrific uh, message being sent by a film out of a book that Kyrie tweeted for his or linked for his 22 million Instagram and Twitter followers. There's no debate on that. So uh, his wording there was was poor uh, it, at the very least. And so I, I just think when you look at his overall body of work as a head coach and leader inside that organization, and listen, Kevin Durant made it clear he wanted him gone. I wouldn't be surprised if he was assured, listen, if we get off to a slow start, don't worry, he will be gone, and that's what happened. Yeah, man, Ian O'Connor is our guest. He's a 
a best-selling author and a sports columnist for the New York Post. And yeah, I mean, and Durant, I, I don't expect anything from Durant here in terms of like leadership. I, I just kind of gave up on, on Durant taking that sort of, you know, uh, that kind of role on the team. But in terms of Kyrie, like you wrote today and, and you've been in New York uh, for in New Jersey for so long and Kyrie is from New Jersey. And so kind of have like a long history with Kyrie Irving and you try to put that in some context today in the New York Post. I mean, considering some of the things that Kyrie has said and done recently, I can't even say that we're surprised by this, but are you surprised at how defiant Kyrie has been about not backing down, doubling down on the Alex Jones, who the discredited conspiracy theorists doubling down saying he posted that because about a cults and new world order. Cause it's quote unquote, cause it's true, which is crazy. And then obviously all the awful anti-Semitic stereotypes. Are you surprised he's being this defiant when he's clearly hurting so many people? No, no, not because I've seen it before. Now his offenses in this regard are getting worse. And, and this is, is the worst one of the bunch. And, and before that, obviously, uh, being unwilling to get vaccinated. And if, if he were a, a golfer or a tennis player, I will, okay, I, I don't agree with your stance, but you're only hurting yourself. But Kevin Durant came here to play with you. You're hurting a lot of people. You're hurting the entire organization by, by not doing that. So, so to me, that was a, a different issue. And, and I was not surprised uh, Saturday night when – he decided to stand by his posts and the reasons that he did uh, link to, to that film and to the Alex Jones video. And at the very least, he made it clear he didn't support the Sandy Hook uh, garbage. And, but I don't, I don't think that really matters. It's once you notarize yeah. uh, a part of a conspiracy theorist uh, garbage, and I, I think you're sort of introducing or, or attaching yourself to the entire thing, maybe he doesn't quite understand the, the pain that, that he could cause with, with that action. But at this point, so many of these things, you, you, you lump one on top of the other, and it ends up with someone who has wasted what could have been a great opportunity for him in Brooklyn. One, one last point I wanted to make about Steve Nash in regards to Kyrie, if I could, is even though the organization somehow didn't punish him yet, uh, and after what Joe Sy tweeted, this is bigger than basketball. Well, you didn't even suspend him for a game or two. Steve Nash uh, was, up until a few hours ago, the one responsible for his lineup, for his starting rotation and lineup. He could have decided to bench Kyrie Irving if he was personally offended by his actions. And just said, I think he needs a day or two to really ponder and contemplate what he did here. So the head coach decided not to do that. I would blame the organization first, but Steve Nash did have the ability to bench Kyrie Irving, and he did, and he decided not to. We're talking to Ian O'Connor, New York Post sports columnist, award-winning journalist, best-selling author. Ian, you wrote on the Post about Kyrie up in a melting pot in North Jersey. Uh, going back to, you know, he's a star in high school. Had there ever been any indications of anti-Semitism from Kyrie? No, I talked to his, his AAU coach, a guy who was pretty significant in his development as a young basketball player, Sandy Pionin, a Jewish man who has coached 38, I believe, NBA players in New Jersey. And he said, I've never seen any instances. He said, I've seen the opposite of that. And he talked about how Kyrie was with uh, some Orthodox Jewish campers and the kindness he showed them. And his best friend is a 
is the basketball coach at a Hebrew academy in in New Jersey, his longtime best friend. And he just said, I've listen, I, I'm a Jewish guy, and I've been around him for, for a long time, and not in recent years, but his development, and never saw any hint of this. He said, Kyrie loves attention. I wouldn't be surprised if he linked to this without really knowing the full extent of the film and the book. And, and But obviously, he brought this on himself. So Sandy Pionin called it a bad rap, but uh, Kyrie Irving gave that rap to himself, so he has to take responsibility for it. No doubt. And, uh, you know, you can say, you know, you are not an anti-Semite, but then what do your actions show? You know, it's hard to not see the hypocrisy there. Ian, where does the Kyrie and the Nets go from here? You mentioned, you know, Joe Sy, who owns the Nets. I mean, a strongly worded tweet for whatever that's worth. Uh, Sean Marks, the general manager, I think, has shown... Uh, or it's been proven out that he doesn't have a ton of power when it comes to him versus players, um, and that may just be modern sports these days. But like, who's in charge, and where do they go from here? Because this is a firestorm. <laughs> it sure is, and uh, I really don't know. I, I can't see them being a factor uh, this year in the Eastern Conference, assuming they make the playoffs. I think they will. And if Udoka is is the guy, he ultimately may emerge as the the uh, most influential voice from a basketball standpoint in that organization. I don't know how long Sean Marks is going to survive. It's possible he might for, for a number of years, but if Udoka can get past this personal issue that got him fired in Boston and he wins games. And, and I know there were people in that organization when he did leave the building and, and ended up in Boston, they were like, we just let a great, great coach walk out the door. So now he's back and he's back in a bizarre way on multiple fronts. But I, I guess the answer to your question is you tell me if Udoka is, is going to remain gainfully employed for the next, say, seven to ten years in Brooklyn, and there are no more slip-ups from him on a professional or personal level, I, I do think the Nets have now, if they hire him, a, a very good coach who, who could make a significant difference. It's like, think about where you are as an organization when you are banking on someone who's currently suspended by a different organization to come in and settle everything down. Like, that's the one who's going to come in and make everything okay in the building. That is wow. a wing and a prayer. Wow. It might be true. And the, Net, the Nets as a franchise are, are sort of used to producing these these comedies and and and, I guess, Greek tragedies to some degree, but... Uh, that is where they are. Yeah, it's it's a desperation franchise right now on multiple levels. And Kevin Durant tried to get out, and if nothing else, he got Steve Nash out of there. And uh, we'll see if I, I do know from what I've been told, he's a fan of Udoka's. Again, if he ends up being the choice, but uh, yeah, the Nets are right now nowhere. And they may end up nowhere two, three years from now as well. Yeah, I was just say one, two years down the road are Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving still in Brooklyn. I would say Irving, no, he opted into this final year at what about thirty six point five million dollars, and I, I just can't see Joe Sy signing up for another another contract. You tell me they make this stunning run to the. NBA Finals or Eastern Conference Finals, and there's a little bit of a change of heart on that. And Kyrie is a good citizen the rest of the way. He plays, he's actually been playing good basketball. If you look at his numbers and his performances, uh, strangely enough, Kyrie and Kevin Durant have played well, and, and they're not winning games. But short of that, I do not think 
Irving will be on this team next year. No. Yeah. I also think the damage for a lot of people has been done with Kyrie. It's been a lot of things kind of building up, and this is, you know, by far – you know, it seems the most egregious. Um, Ian, can't tell you how much we appreciate this. We know it's a busy day in New York when the Nets head coach and former two-time MVP gets fired. Um, thank you for doing it. We'll talk to you again soon. All right. Thanks, guys, for having me. Yeah, appreciate that. And also, I, I was thinking about, it's like, uh, you know, Kevin Durant likes Ime Odoka. It's like, well, just wait five minutes. Yeah, because yeah. He, like, he likes Steve Kerr. What happened to that? He got Kenny Atkinson fired, or at least helped. Then, uh... Steve Nash he signed off on. Now can't stand Steve Nash, so now here comes Imadoka. I'm sure this is all going to work out great. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but that's Kevin Durant. Kyrie Irving is even more difficult than Kevin Durant. Oh, so. by a leaps and bounds. <laughs> so, KD is at least your problems. And I just love a team where Ben Simmons is a distant, distant <laughs> problem on your horizon. <laughs> I know. The fact that he's not shooting and he's not even out there anymore, which I'm telling you is going to happen all year long. Man, yeah, he's got to be like, at least, at least they're not talking about me. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's the only, the actually, as a Sixers fan, that's really the only thing we got going right now. We have two things, Tyrese Maxey and Ben Simmons being bad. Other than that, <laughs> we want no part Man, of any of this. Slim Pickens all over the place. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Uh, all right, well, appreciate it, O'Connor. If you miss any part of our interviews or if you want to catch up on all the latest on the Maggie and Perloff show, you can always download our podcast wherever you get your podcasts. You can rate, review, subscribe, all of that. We'd certainly appreciate it. Uh, okay, coming up, Perloff going against the grain. We've got more trades that just are coming in fast and furious here on NFL Trade Deadline Day. More that just sort of just snuck in. People using a fax machine or something? How is it so late? <laughs> just getting these out right now. Uh, here's the very latest a CBS Sports update with Rich Ackerman. Welcome back to the Maggie and Perloff show. So everyone's excited right now. It's NFL trade deadline day yep. and you know how I love to be a wet blanket oh <laughs> yes you know how, it's one of those but, against the grains great yes. remember in March when I'm like all these free agent signings are all garbage and they never you never win an NFL game in March but everybody gets so excited and then they usually don't work out so then come along the Los Angeles Rams they trade for Von Miller they pick up Odell Beckham and win a Super Bowl so everyone thinks oh that's exactly how you do it so now we're seeing all these teams trading picks. Wait, get wait, talent. is this the against the grain? No, wait, it's okay. coming. It's coming. Can I tell you some <laughs> other deals? Hit the music. Yeah, I was going to say. Yes. <laughs> against the grain. This against the grain is just reminding people not to get too excited about trades. Because Aww. that's against the grain. Yes. Ooh. I'm going to give you some trades from last year and some situations. Remember when your Arizona Cardinals were 7-1 and one? Kyler Murray was an MVP candidate. They were unbeatable. They made a big deal at the trade deadline. They got Zach Ertz, mm. former All-Pro tight end. What did they go after that? Four and five. Barely made the playoffs. Got in and got blown out. How about the Carolina Panthers? They were four and four last year, Maggie. They were in the thick of the playoff race. So they pulled a deal for Stephon Gilmore, who was a mess in New England. That's a long story. You know how many games they won after that? One. That trade did nothing. We were so excited. I have these headlines about Gilmore makes the Panthers legit playoff. Didn't happen. And then the Saints traded for running back Mark Ingram. They needed a running back. They were 5-2 and two at the time. They were on fire, and it completely fizzled. I am telling you right now, Maggie Gray, that a majority of the deals that we've seen over this trade deadline will not work out. I will also tell you, at the same time, 
that the way these deals are being covered, they're all win-wins. Every team that signed all these players yeah. is a gigantic winner. Yep. Uh, it's the same thing we do over and over again. <laughs> yeah. Somebody, you add, I'm just going to pick out a team. The Dolphins add Bradley Chubb. It sh- sounds great now, but we know, having covered the NFL for a long time, that usually winning a press conference does not work out. I think a lot of these deals are going to end up being duds. We think they're great now. We all think they're all good. Yeah. I know the Rams won the Super Bowl with Von Miller. A lot of these deals are not going to work out. That's all I'm saying. That's my against the grain take. You're looking at him. You're judging me for this. I'm judging you harsh, harshly because, first of all, boo. And secondly, Christian McCaffrey already <laughs> helped the 49ers win a game. And that was they a trade beat, deadline oh, deal. They helped Kyle Shanahan beat the Rams in a regular season game. You really need to trade four draft picks to do that? They beat him <laughs> yeah. four years in a row. Well, they had to send a message. And they outbid the Rams for him and a couple other teams, too. So they're playing a little defense also, I think, which counts. Um, I will all the, the and by the way, Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, that looks good today. <laughs> I know. I, yeah. Okay. We'll, we'll see with Bradley Chubb. He's got injury history too. Not like McCaffrey. He's even McCaffrey's even worse than Chubb. Yeah, they they're about. Well, they might be. About what are the these same. other deals? Give me. Tell me on the other. So deals. the only one I'll tell I'll I'm with you that will not have an impact this year is the Jaguars trading for Calvin Ridley because see. he is suspended for the rest <laughs> of the year. That clearly is a future move. That will not. Pan out this year. See, that's what I'm saying. You were totally wrong. Half of these are going to stink. Half of these teams are going to start losing after these trades. Okay. There are a lot of trades. I'm telling you, some of these teams traded for guys and they're going to fall off a cliff because that's what happens in the NFL. Not everybody can win. Okay, but you don't think that it's possible that Robert Quinn, who was traded to your Philadelphia Eagles, could end up coming up with a big sack in a divisional round? Uh, in maybe the NFC Championship game, something like that, and you're going to be like, man, we are happy we traded for that guy. Yeah, but Robert uh-huh. Quinn, I mean, Robert Quinn is a shell of what he once was. Okay, but I'm just saying I mean, all it Bradley takes Chubb, is one. Robert Quinn is a, arguably a much greater player than Bradley Chubb, and Robert Quinn's 32 went for a fourth-round pick. Okay, what if Bradley Chubb plays so well that it means Dolphins get a wild card and what they're if? in? Like, that's great. What if? Yeah, because that's what happens at the trade deadline. Well, that's why teams, teams know these guys like the back of their hand, and they trade them. They let him out of the building. The Bears let Roquan Smith out. That'll probably work out well, actually. But my point is... Yeah, I'm saying, I don't know if the seem, Bears GM is any good. They I mean, all he traded for like, Chase Claypool, but I don't know if he's a good GM. They all seem like great moves now. Usually the team, more often than not, the team that gets the vet, the expensive veterans, yeah. it does not work out. But the, we all fall in love with the deals of the trade deadline. They all sound great. It's just not the way the NFL plays out. Some will work and some won't. Okay. But a lot will not. Well... Okay. I don't know about Bradley Chubb with a long-term deal. You just trade a first-round pick for him, though. So you're like, you're in for a penny and for a pound, right? You're going to most likely sign him to a long-term deal. But I think that you're also the person who was telling me that these wide receivers getting traded in the offseason were not going to have any impact on their teams when A.J. Brown's had an impact for the Eagles, Tyreek Hill's definitely had an impact for the Dolphins, and the loss of Devontae Adams has definitely had an impact for the Green Bay Packers. I don't know what's going on with You know, here's the thing about the Chiefs. Like, you have an all-time great quarterback. Your head coach is one who is going into the Hall of Fame. Like, that's, I think, the exception. And I don't know what's going on with the Raiders. Like, why they can't get Devontae Adams the ball, I don't know. But the... So it's about half and half. Because Devontae Adams is not working in in the Raiders. The Packers uh, and the Chiefs are still good. You're right. The Packers have had a significant loss, but that's more complicated than just Devontae Adams. There's a lot going no, on. I'm there. just saying, though, you poo pooed and downplayed all those know, wide I, receivers yeah. getting traded, and it's like, look at how much they've helped. So maybe this trade deadline, which had a record number of trades, 10 trades mm-hmm. today, according to Schefter, that's a record. I mean, I don't know. I think maybe teams have figured something out. Well, this there, were is, a lot, there were, what, seven last year? 
and there was only one team that did well. Well, there's always only one team that's going to win the Super Bowl, but not everybody has the but same I, goals. Like Miami just a, wants to make the playoffs. I right, bet. right. I mean, most of the teams. I just listed three teams that got significantly worse after trading for a big yeah, name. Yeah, but, but Stephon Gilmore wasn't the reason why Carolina got worse. It was that Sam Darnold stinks and Christian McCaffrey got hurt. Well, yeah, but you and Matt Rule can't coach that, in the NFL. Carolina was four and four. You got Gilmore. Yeah, I'm telling you. You don't think that some of the teams, I'm not going to name names, have bad coaches and bad players around them that traded for guys? Do you think that all of a sudden, for example, Chase Claypool is going to turn the Bears into a 11-win team? No, but the Bears have no expectations this year. Like, but they, I'm just saying, we all love these trades now. Let's revisit this in a year. We're going to look back, wow, we were really excited about, I don't know, TJ Hawkinson going to the Vikings. I'm just taking a normal thing. Yeah. yeah, some of them are going to work out, but generally trades... I'm telling you, the team that lets him out the door and gets the draft pick back usually ends up winning the trade. That's just the way the NFL has been. Maybe things are changing, and I'm totally wrong, but I, I don't think the teams that are giving up these veterans are going to regret it because it's such a salary cap league. They know. They know. They're like, oh, I don't want to pay. The Broncos don't want to pay Bradley Chubb. No, they're I get thrilled. it, but they've also seen his injury history. They know, and I mean, yeah. the Miami Dolphins, I'm sure, have their hands on his medicals. You can say that, and maybe... This will make some fan bases feel better, but I bet if you are a fan of the Packers right now, if you're a fan of the Cowboys, so I know trained it for Jonathan Hankins, but that was, you know, defensive tackle. If you're a fan of the Bucks right now, if you're a fan of the Rams right now, these are teams that didn't do anything. And you're not feeling great about that either because you probably think if you're a fan of one of those teams, like, what are we doing? Where's the urgency? You know, I obviously mentioned all NFC teams. The NFC, no offense to your Eagles, but the NFC is open. And the fact that none of those teams made any kind of significant moves is disappointing. Yeah, but you're questioning the smartest front offices in the country. We know more than they do. Well, we don't have access to all the information. You're right about that. I mean, I'm, we're operating at it. You know, uh, we know like what? Maybe well, no, I mean, half they, the information that I, they do. I think we can all claim to be better GM than Jerry Jones, though. So that's okay. <laughs> well, <laughs> actually, he's on fire. I lately. know Jerry's kind of <laughs> killing it right now. <laughs> but yeah, but they didn't do anything today, so boo. I mean, the Packers. Let's take the Packers. They have this very consistent draft and develop philosophy, and they are one of the winningest franchises over the last thirty years in the NFL. So yes, fans are upset, and yes, we're all saying what are they doing? But the truth is, they're a much better front office than, say, Miami, who hasn't made any noise in 25 years. You think that the same people who brought us the Jordan Love trade, trade up and draft, you think that, yes, I think, they, I think, that they are above reproach? I mean, all the first-round draft picks on defense that haven't been panning out, uh, the special teams is still not fixed. I mean, obviously the wide receivers, like we can, yeah. we can go down the list. Like Green Bay is that this is they're they're getting off on history here. This season's been awful. This they, season has yeah, this season's been awful. But over the whole, they've had two great seasons in a row. They've been the number one seed in the NFC. I just think that we're you know we always reward the most active front offices, and it worked for the Rams. Yeah, but I don't know if that's definitely going to be the trend. I feel like there's there seems to be consistency among the good teams. It's the same teams year in and year out. These are really smart front offices. So I don't know. I look at the Rams. The Rams will trade, do anything for a trade. They are reportedly were offering two first round picks for Brian Burns. The fact that they didn't make a trade, I'm going to trust that the Rams know what they're doing. I'm going to trust that the Bucks actually know what they're doing. They're in a tough spot with Tom Brady. To buy now would really submarine your future because he's not going to be there next year. The difference is the Bucks won a Super Bowl two years ago. The Rams won the Super Bowl last year, and the Packers have won one Super Bowl in the past twenty five years. Yeah, but the so Packers maybe, have been. But I think the Packers have a better record than both those teams over the last twenty years by far. I, if you ask any Packers fan if they're happy with thirteen win seasons and no Super Bowl appearances 
in 20 years or 15 years. Like, I don't think that they're going to be super happy about that. I'll take the Bucks winning a Super Bowl any day of the week over being consistently yeah, good it, and not even making it well, to the yeah, game. But my, Green Bay is not called regular season town. It's called title town, and they don't have any. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, like, we're, Lately. we're lauding the Dolphins, the Bears, front offices. I mean, Green Bay has a really outstanding front office. Gutenkus and those guys have made a lot of good moves. I know the Jordan Love thing was a mistake. Maybe. We'll see how that pans out. I mean, a huge but, mistake. <laughs> but doesn't it make you feel no, odd that you're, you're crediting I'm, these sort of perennial loser front offices? No, no. I'm not crediting. The Bears aren't getting a ton of credit for me. I do like the Claypool, but, like, look at where they're starting from. Zero. Like, I'm not going to give them tons of credit there. But I will give Miami credit for throwing chips to the middle of the table. When you're close and you feel like you have a shot, you love it when your team goes all in. Just like your Philadelphia Eagles are all in. We'll see. Maggie and Perloff, 855-2124-CBS, coming up. Oh, more on the trade deadline. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade used with permission.